The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When the Pharisees, with some scribes, had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of their elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things they have traditionally observed. The purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and the scribes questioned him, why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? And he responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human principles. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from the outside can defile that person. But the things that come out from within are what defile. From within people, from their hearts, Come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within. And they defile the gospel of the Lord. Suppose that you were to give a gift to someone you loved. It may have happened, actually, to you. The gift was something that represented you. You could not imagine a greater gift And in some ways, it was very really, actually, the giving of yourself to the other person. And that gift is not only rejected by the person, but the person turns on you for wishing to give them that gift. 
so much do they resent the gift and you. As I said, it may have happened to you at some point in your life. It's very painful um, when you've done something out of great love, if it really is, if that's really the motive, and then have that rejected. Particularly if the gift was actually something very good, and the giving of yourself was what ought to have been. If we can understand that, we have some glimpse into the reality of God into the life of our Lord, and into our own world, too, which seems to have forgotten that completely. In the past four weeks, we've had the Bread of Life Discourse, the sixth chapter of St. John's Gospel, in which our Lord gradually speaks to his disciples about what he wishes to give them, the gift of himself, the gift of his flesh and blood, the gift of the Eucharist. And when he tells them and insist upon it without any compromise whatsoever. They reject him. We were told in last Sunday's Gospel that they no longer accompanied him, no longer walked with him. It was too much. It was too hard. It was something more than that, though. It was too beautiful, too intimate. I've said before, that can be rather frightening, isn't it? That sort of beauty and that sort of intimacy. We don't want it. Because intimacy demands responsibility. That's true, isn't it? For instance, take marriage. The intimacy of marriage demands responsibility. The intimacy of friendship, all healthy friendship, demands responsibility. And when it comes to God, we would like to think, no, I don't want to give you everything. If I accept this gift, if I accept this intimacy... This beauty, a beauty beyond anything I can imagine, then I have a responsibility to the giver. In this case, a total giving of myself. And I'm just not there yet. So our Lord then has to turn to the twelve who are left and ask that group the question we heard last week. Will you leave me also? He won't compromise what he said. The world might wish to think he would. There are those who follow him who would like to think that he would, but they won't accept it. And Peter, poor foolish Peter, uh, do you know what? We're going to see this in the next few weeks, too. Peter was foolish. He was not wise. But then what lover really is wise? People who love do silly things, uh, foolish things often. You sort of expect it. He was not a fool. He was just foolish in his love of our Lord. He had what someone called a wild confidence in Jesus. It really was. He would do all kinds of strange things and say things he shouldn't have said and make mistakes because of that wild confidence. But then foolishness, you know, is the first step in great love. Real love. Perfect love. You have to be something of a fool, at least in the eyes of the world. In any event, Peter says, to whom shall we go? Things will change now for our Lord. The announcement of the Eucharist, we move towards the cross, as we see in today's Gospel, actually. 
The crowds will still be there, but they will be smaller. The enthusiasm will be less. And his enemies will begin to attack him. The Eucharist always brings that out in people, the reality of the Eucharist, I mean. Today's gospel with the Pharisees and the scribes, they're, taking a, they're concerned over some matters of the law, not the essence of the law, not the Decalogue, not the commandments, but over things that have grown up over time. They sound pretty good, don't they? They sound like just basic hygiene. But that's not what it was all about. It was a matter of the ritual of the law. It was far more important. When our Lord tells them to their face, he tells them that you will disregard God's commandments but cling to human tradition. They're going to continue with this until the end. Of course, the Eucharist had to go to the cross because the Eucharist is the cross. It's his sacrifice anyway. But in any event, do we see that in our own world? Yes, we do. People are much more concerned about external things than they are about what's going on internally. For instance, it's a perfectly fine thing to be concerned about the environment. But I can't say, I'm concerned about the environment. I care, therefore I can lead an amoral life. People do that all the time. Or I remember once somebody whom I knew was leading a, a very aggressive, aggressively immoral life was very concerned about wasting water. Fine, so am I. But that doesn't give you the right to therefore go out and lead some kind of wild life. Within here is what matters. All these things are very fine, but the first thing that matters is this, which is why, as I've said so many times, the virtue of social justice is one of the most difficult virtues to practice because it demands an internal holiness, real holiness. Otherwise, we'll do it for all the wrong reasons, to justify my otherwise immoral life. I can do all kinds of wonderful things, and I care. I remember once we were having one of our RCIA classes, and people were talking about things that they want to get rid of in their lives, and people, for instance, who might want to stop smoking. Or, uh, but then someone who remembered the team was very wise. He said, now, you know, I had a friend like that once. He said he smoked and he had a problem with detraction, which, as you know, is revealing the faults of others. Gossip, particularly malicious gossip. So I told him, you ought to stop both of those things, but begin with the gossip. That's hurting you a lot more. In fact, that's destroying you spiritually. Start there, then work on everything else. And that's what we have to be. But our world has turned it upside down. We have, we have new Pharisees and new scribes in our world uh, who are doing all the right things but have lost all concept of the moral life and what it means to be a human being, really. And so we then must become radically different people. Our Lord addresses the issues, though, doesn't he? He's very specific. He tells us what the problem is. He said, from within, evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, Envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. Quite a list. Uh, that's where we have to begin with the total reconversion of ourselves. Then, only then, can we really appreciate the greatest gift that he's given to us, the Eucharist, because that's what it takes to approach the Eucharist. Are we perfect? No, we have to be free of mortal sin. But we come here to be transformed by this greatest of his gifts. Many people, as I've said, will stay away from this or refuse to believe it for that very reason, that it demands too much. Good. Love always demands too much. Have you ever noticed that in your life? 
particularly in marriage and real friendship. It always demands more than we want to give, but if, love, if we love being foolish like St. Peter, we will give it. But only with the Eucharist we will, will we have the power to do it. Because only there can we become what he became. Since all real love, anyway, and all real holiness must come back to the cross, or it won't be love at all. Having said that, I'd like to mention something. I was going to save this for the end of Mass, but I'd like you to be praying for it during Mass. Uh, for some months now, when Father Ty and I were out to dinner, he was having trouble swallowing. And finally, last Friday, he had an endoscopy. And he called me as he was leaving and said, it's not good. I said, well, what is it? Uh, he said, it's esophageal adenocarcinoma, a cancer of the esophagus, a very aggressive cancer, as you may know, and one that must be treated aggressively. Uh, the doctors hold out hope for him. He will be leaving, I think, Thursday for Pittsburgh, which I'm told by the best, best medical advice is the best place in the country to go for that kind of cancer. Um, he will be gone for at least weeks, maybe months, while he's going through this treatment. Where it will lead, I don't know. Right now, he's doing quite well, it would seem. The doctors say he's young and strong. That holds out hope. But we must pray uh, particularly for him. Uh, he's, while he's gone, he's going to remain vocation director. He will not stop being vocation director. Um, although he cannot function at state, obviously. So we'll have to appoint someone else there, at least temporarily. So um, we will pray for his health and uh, encourage him in his recovery. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of the grace they have received, particularly of the Eucharist that comes to them, especially the Church persecuted, for the healing and strengthening of the Church in our own country, for her purification, we pray to the Lord. Lord for all nations of the world, especially our own, that they may listen to the prophets the Church sends to them, particularly the great saints in our midst. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, especially for Father Ty, for those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know that they are united to the Lord in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. For the legal protection of the unborn, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will respond heroically to the call of God, heroically and completely, for a greater reverence for the heroic, uh, sacrificial nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. During these times, they may be strong in faith, growing in holiness. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, 
All have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Pickle away for Monsignor McCabe, whose funeral will be this week. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we will strive every day for perfect conversion and respond to the grace of a holy life. We pray to the Lord. For all those who labor on this weekend, they may realize that they are images of God's own creation and realize the dignity of work. We pray to the Lord. Lord, And now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Heaven and Earth as we sing. Thank you. 